and we're here. Welcome everybody to Divi Chat. How's everybody doing this evening? It's so great to see you all. The chat's already booming. That's awesome. Welcome to everybody who, who tuned in live. Brenda, Miro, Roy, Devin, Joan. It's like all of a sudden I feel like, what was that show with the mirror and the lady would read the names of all the little kids? What was that show? It was like a kid's show. Mike. Mike Romper, room. Romper Room. Romper Room. <laughs> yeah. I waited every Saturday for her to say my name. She never did. It's Eric. You can't get more common. I'm over it. Uh, Kevin says he's just <laughs> no, you're not, you're not over it. the eight after. Listen, Kevin, you're a minute late because we start at seven after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we've been going almost uh, 30 seconds. Today, yeah. Today we're going to talk about pricing it always makes everybody's ears perk up they always want to know how much they should be charging and it can be a bit of a fraught topic because if you ever see posts in the group about pricing most of the time either you get zero information from people or you get just sort of slammed because you're charging too little or too much or whatever so we're going to do none of those things today we're going to try and talk about some real numbers and we're going to try and give you some guidance on how to determine what's the best price for you because the thing is it's all different, right? Depending on where we live and what we're offering. But before we dig in too much deeper, let's introduce our panel. I'm Stephanie Hudson. I am broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina, where the temps have finally cooled off. And I'm so thrilled about that. We got some rainy weather this week, but I love that anyway. And um, I am, you can find me in, at focuswp.co and in my Facebook group, Focus on Your Biz. And as of actually today, in about four hours from now, you can catch my talk at the Designer Boss Summit, which is going live today. Uh, it's in Australia, so it's uh, unusual times if you are in the States. And if you're in England, have a good sleep and catch Thank the Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go next, Tim. Let's go around in a circle, oh. guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> Nobody ever remembers. I need to be called on. Tim Streifler here, and I'm broadcasting from San Clemente, California, where we also had a little bit of rain last <gasps> night. Which Big it, news. If you know anything about California, it doesn't rain here very much. So when it does, everyone is like, what is this Like coming from the sky? Like... <laughs> Uh, so anyways, yeah, uh, you can find me online at divylife.com where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts, and tutorials, and wpgears.com where I have my Divi business expert course with my pal, David. Hey guys, Sarah Oates here from Endure Web Studios. I'm coming to you from Canberra in Australia. So the eastern side of Australia has just entered daylight savings. So it is now 8 a.m. for Divi Chat. So if you're from Australia thinking, what? I missed it. You didn't miss it. We've just changed. Um, we go by the American time zone all the time. So the time changes and it varies from 7am all the way up till 10am, depending on what time of year it is. So I'm very happy that we're now at 8am. It means I get one whole hour up before we get started, which is great. Um, you can catch me at endure.com.au or endureweb on the socials. That's not real. <laughs> hey everybody my name is eric and i am in virginia beach virginia um you can find me at an entrance at in transit studios and i just want to say that the first politician that runs on a platform of abolishing daylight savings i don't care about the rest of their platform i'm voting for them they can get rid of cars anything else they want i'll vote for them <laughs> 
So I love daylight savings Ooh. so oh. much. No. So much. No. I love oh. daylight savings. Truffle in the panel. Get rid <laughs> of it. Can't Gotta we just go. move it a half an hour and keep it there and be done? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. In the middle. You're sitting Boom. on the fence. I just the changing. <laughs> I don't like the changing. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I know. It is it's brutal. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, my name's Mike Devitt. And those Divi chat regulars that have visited the webdesignpro.co website will see that we love the rock salute. So if you have a website created by us, then we will ensure you get more than just a motley crew of designers to build your site. We will help, help take your business from Skid Row to Nirvana. We will never be in a rush. And at the end of the project, we'll hope you give us a five-star review sealed with a kiss. Shot through the heart, and we are to blame. We give web design a good name. Love it. Wow. And I love your new light, I mean, Mike. I was just I interested. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm the it's, only one without colors now. I need to up again. <laughs> it's kind of midway between Eric's and Tim's, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it it's great. perfect. It looks great. <laughs> oh my goodness, Mike! Those oh, pretty soon you're gonna have your own show. It's just your intro, and that's all you need to do. <laughs> yeah. I would tune in. I'll go now. I would, yeah, that's all. That's all. Okay, pricing. Uh, hey, how much do you charge for a website? How long is a piece of string? How much does a car cost? It's such a great like comeback to that question, right? How much is a car? Who wants to tackle some things for I mean, we know do we even have to define anything this week? Of well, course we do. Always. We, we, we do. Always. Also, the title pricing for profitability. Um, I don't know if that was just in order to get the alliteration in the title or if you actually wanted to talk about profitability specifically. Because if so, yes, that's yes, almost like a whole nother angle yeah. but um that's the angle yeah. i want to tackle today yeah okay so, all right well then let's let's define profitability then so profit is revenue minus expenses equals profit so basically if you are making uh widgets then uh, however much you bring in from selling those widgets minus however much it costs to build those widgets is your profit uh where it gets confusing is when you have a service especially when you as the service provider are your own labor. And so a lot of times in web design, you basically, you don't really factor in um, the profit element and you essentially look at your own labor as being your only earnings um, where that's not a super healthy, sustainable way of managing your business because every business needs longevity and part of longevity is healthy profit. And so um, talking about it that way, you essentially have to treat yourself almost as an employee and bill your own time as a, you know, a set wage and then build profit into your pricing after that. And so, um, yeah, that's a hard kind of mindset shift because a lot of times if you're a solopreneur, you're going to build a website and you're receiving 100% of the, the revenue that comes from that. Um, and uh, yeah, so it gets a little bit tricky. So um, adding in profitability is a whole nother layer. And I'm excited to hear what Eric has to say, because he's a very business minded uh, fellow here on Divi Chat. <laughs> Go, Eric. No pressure. Yeah. All he did was wink. He didn't even say, he's like, I'll bet you are, Tim. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, I am. Good luck. 
no, I love, I love, love, love this topic. Um, I am, I've got a couple questions, so I'm curious to see what everybody else says. Um, but I would challenge people to to really think your your profit has to put your profit first. Um, I, I love the book Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Yeah. Totally changed. Uh, my business and my, I mean, major impact. Um, I, I love that book. But when I started out, I was charging enough to cover my time, but I didn't realize I also needed to charge enough to cover my retirement, my healthcare, you know, uh, marketing growing, you know, margin to hire a team. And so, there, there's a lot more to it than just your personal time if you want to take this and and run with it for the long run, the long haul. I or remember when run. I was thinking Either about one. starting a business, I, I was like working in a normal job and I was just thinking like, how much am I going to charge for a website? And I was convinced that like $800 was a really good price. That's what I should charge for websites because no one would pay more than $800. There's no way anyone would pay more than $800. And that's so much money. Like <laughs> I'll be rolling in it <laughs> with my $800. I just remember mm -hmm. like people trying to gently kind of say, I don't know if that's, you know, going to be sustainable. And, it, you know, it didn't take me long to realize that that wasn't going to be a sustainable amount. I mean, maybe in some countries it would be because, you know, money works differently in different countries. So obviously take this as a grain of salt. I'm talking my circumstances here in Australia. Um, but, I, yeah, I remember kind of I had come from a nonprofit background where I was working with people who never had money and then I kind of was entering this other world and I just felt I didn't understand business and I didn't understand that people were willing to invest money into their own businesses um, and it took me a long time to get from $800 to where I am now um, and I think that's okay as well I think if you can shortcut it that's great if you can get your head around where you really need to be from the start great but if you can't it's okay to take your time as well so it's all yeah, right you can be with I me on the delusional in the beginning. <laughs> no, but that, that's where everybody starts, isn't it? You, you start with that first project. You haven't got a clue what to charge. Yeah. Um, and, you, and the other thing that's the, that comes into play here is your confidence. It's, yeah, you, might have, you, might have been, you might have been working in the business for, for, for a while, say, IT, or you might have done something related to it. But until you've got to put all of the pieces of the jigsaw in place, you just don't know. And so you get your first client. And um, as you're, you're, you're doing it, the one bit of advice I wish I could have given myself at that point was to just time absolutely everything that I did and see at the end of the project, when I charge for the project, just how much that would have, I would have been um, paid per hour for that project based it's on how many hours It's a bit confronting, isn't it, it, when you first yeah, do and, it? And you start off with about two pounds fifteen, which is uh, is not great, um, but it, it is it's all part of that learning curve and it's part of that whole uh, transition. And then one of the things that I think is really important is to compartmentalise every part of the website that and that could be part of the website, but also any services that you decide that you're going to offer after that. So you might have done some training. You might have learned how to create, say, a Google My Business page, a Facebook page, that sort of thing that you can sell as a service as either part of your web design package or 
as as something that you um, sell separately. Um, but those those things at the beginning, it's confidence that makes you move forward um, and takes your business into the, the next stage, if you like. But and this is the thing. One of the other thing that I really wish I'd done early on was to join all the Facebook groups. Um, but when you're joining the Facebook groups, just remember that everybody's on a different journey and they're on a different part of that that ladder, if you like. And so what somebody says to you might work for them in, say, Texas, or it might work for them in Los Angeles, or it might work for them in Australia, but it might not work for you in the UK or in Europe. It just really depends on your region and the type of people that are, are actually contacting you. Well, and I, and I would say the other thing, you, the first thing you really have to do is you have to define what's your what's the lifestyle you want and what's your plan here. Um, like I know some people that they just want to stay, a, you know, a one person shop and they want to build websites and that's what they want to do. And if that's your thing, don't feel like that's too small. If somebody else's thing is I want to be a digital marketing agency or I want to, you know, have this like you know, you define what's right for you and, and do that because your pricing and profitability is going to be one thing for that versus for another thing over here. And then like everybody else was saying, don't compare your uh, beginning to somebody else's middle. Comparison will always rob you of your joy. So just look at your stuff and figure out where you are, set some goals to move to the, the level you want to and, and you can get there. But the also, key is you could isn't... still be you could still be profitable at all those sizes, and I think oh, a yeah, good book yeah. if you're if you're interested in being sort of a one man band, uh, a solopreneur, you just want to do your own thing. Uh, Company of One. I haven't read it yeah. because that is not my goal, but I've heard lots of good things um, about that book. I think that'd be something good to check out if that's sort of something you're feeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's were you going to say something? Well, sorry? I was going to say the same thing. Like I was going to oh. say, just because someone is a company with multiple people doesn't actually mean that they're all that profitable. Like right. if your goal is to do that, you need to understand that you're going to have to do it in a certain way to make that profitable. Once you're starting to pay people, you're losing a big chunk of money out of what you're doing. So you need to work out there's, there's kind of these stages where there's just you and there's not a lot of overheads. And so at that point, that's, in some ways, your best chance of actually being really profitable. But then you have to make the choice of like, well, is this where I want to be or do I want to be somewhere else? Further down the track is going to be this place where you have lots of people and potentially you've got lots of money coming in and, you know, all big crazy, maybe making a lot of profit. But there's also in between that, which is a really tricky ground and you need to work out whether or not you want to take that path and maybe make really careful choices about how you go about that. Um, I think I had mentioned a while back that I had someone working with me um, and like COVID has been insane, right? And I didn't have enough stored up for it. So it's back to me and Sophie, um, which I'm actually really enjoying, but equally like it was a really big learning lesson that my business wasn't quite ready um, for that stage. And I have started Profit First and it has been amazing, but I only just started it and it was very confronting starting it and realizing I've been running my business for six years, seven years now. And like I have constantly just had just enough money in the bank. So yes, my business is going well. Yes, it has grown year on year. Yes, every year I can say that my turnover has increased by 20%. I would say every single year it has increased. 
but that 20% has all just gone into me getting slightly bigger pay. And so what I wasn't doing was actually letting the business grow. What I was doing was letting my family get more money, which my family needed more money, but equally it's not actually nourishing the business. And so I've had some really hard lessons this year, which is that the way you manage it, just because there's more money in the bank doesn't mean you should just then take all of that money out and give it to your family because if you want your business to survive and grow, you actually need to uh, manage it a bit different. So, yeah. Another Mike McCallowitz book is uh, The Pumpkin Plan and The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. I always get the two of those mixed up, which one talks about which, but they talk about basically uh, very similar to what Sarah's saying, as you grow, as as your income grows, your output, your outgoing also grow increases. So yeah. it's like you you sort of siphon all this off. And when we're we're new, we're entrepreneurs, we're scrappy and we're we're efficient and we are cheap and we do things, you know, the hard way and we get things done and we make things happen. We can work on a shoestring and all of that. And then we get kind of spoiled as we get a little bit more in. And then, you know, I was just thinking recently about how many subscriptions and different things I pay for every month. And it's like every once in a while, you got to go back and take a look at that and say like, do I need all these things? And what am I doing here? You know? Yeah. I thought it'd be kind of fun. Another app, Sumo app. I do do have one in my, (laughs) in my cart right now that I'm like, I really want it. I'm trying to like delete it, delete it on that. I know this is total, this is off topic, really unhelpful, but absolutely have this amazing deal at the moment for like this site map visual. That's the one that's in my cart. I bought it and like, I'm not using an affiliate link here. It's, is it awesome? I'm pretty darn impressed with it. So, oh. you know, maybe go now snatch I, that one. I'll, and then I'll be right back, off. you guys. I'll be right back. <laughs> Everybody's so, off to AppSumo. So I thanks know, very right? much for tuning in. Way to go, Sarah. <laughs> so, okay, so I thought um, this would be fun because we were talking about – oh, sorry, Tim. Did you want to – I was going to change into a different direction. Did you want to say something? I mean, I was going to bring up the point. Uh, Mike touched on it a little bit, um, but I think in order and, – and Sarah kind of touched on it too – um, in order to really build for profit, you need to really hone in on the numbers. And so like on, I don't know if it was Stephanie or Sarah mentioned like honing in on your expenses, right? You get mm-hmm. lazy and we get comfortable and then we have, uh, all these expenses that we don't really don't need. And so that obviously comes into your profitability. Um, but then also, um, Mike was talking about timing everything. And I think for a service-based yeah. business, knowing how long everything takes and being able to productize every part of the project. And you know that, Hey, this portion here takes on average four hours. And then from there, obviously that evolves over time as you do more projects and you get better, you know, it might go down a little bit um, or you might, might go up a little bit. You realize that it actually takes longer than you always think. Um, And something that I've, never really thought about doing, but I think there's huge value is something that Kyle Van Dusen, is that how you say his name? Mm -hmm. In the admin bar group, he talked, he did a post about pricing and he actually built a pricing calculator. um, And it was, it was from something that he had done at a previous job working at an agency where he actually uh, made a calculator. And then, um, you know, with all the different parts of the project and stuff, he didn't really go into a lot of specifics about the the calculator itself, but, um, and then, when quoting a project, you can use it to figure out, okay, well, how much should this project cost? 
And his point of the, the entire post was not necessarily using the calculator as a sole way of coming up with quotes, but almost using it as a, like a gut check, as a, yeah. a, a way to kind of affirm the number that you have in mind. And so he talked about in his post about, um, it was basically just a commercial for the admin bar Facebook group, by the way, um, <laughs> how when his emotions, we're, all fr we're friends with tab here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when your emotions are involved, uh, you typically, when you want, like, for example, when you want the project more, it's a really good client or it's a really sexy project or something. It's just really fun. You end up bidding less. And so, because you're trying to get that job. Um, but when you, you have no emotions attached, you can look at it more objectively and, you know, uh, I don't care if I get it or not. This is what it costs type of thing. Then it's going to be more in line with your pricing calculator. If you built the pricing calculator, well, um, and so I thought that was really fascinating because it, I feel like that really comes into profitability because if you can calculate every part of the project um, accurately, um, then you're going to be able to build profit into it because then uh, yeah. like a common method of, of pricing is um, – like time and materials plus like 20% profit or whatever. So, okay, it's going to cost this much, you know, this much materials, I guess in web design, you can call those plugins or themes or whatever. Um, and then you build in, you know, an additional 20% cushion of your profit on top of the time that's going to take. So yeah. anyways, all that to say, I think doing what Mike said and timing everything and building some sort of a calculator, at least to, kind of check your answers when building quotes, I think is a really smart thing to do if you want to price for profitability. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to track everything. And it's, especially if you're going from one project to the next, I don't know if it's, it's something about my brain type. Is it on set up? Is it called time? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's great. I'm, I'm laughing because someone in the chat said, usually it's set up. <laughs> the way I recommend they it. All keep you don't have to use timing, but the reason I use timing and feel free to use, look for any app that will do this is it's automatic. And so the reason that I think timing is really, really good option is that um, basically you can set it up. I, I might even make a video sometime of how I have mine set up because I think once you see it in action, you realize like this can be really good. I hate having to click, yes, I'm starting this job or yes, I'm like, it doesn't work for me. Whereas in timing, the way it works is at the end of the day, you just kind of categorize stuff and you can say, every time I go to this particular website, attribute it to this job. Every time something has this tag, so it might be like a client name or something like that then attribute it to this thing. Like even as granular as in um, channels within Slack, then it will attribute that time that you spend in there to a different thing. So I just go and double check it at the end of the day. It takes me two minutes. And then it means at the end of the financial year, I can literally, well, at the end of a job, I can see how many hours did I spend on this job. And that's really useful. And I can work out, well, how profitable. And I've actually got an Excel sheet that then I plug that number in so that I can go, well, how profitable nice. was that job? I'm probably going to move that to Airtable. Um, Kyle actually got me onto Airtable. And so now I'm like 100% dead set Airtable He's done fanatic. very well out of Airtable, isn't he? Because I, I think everybody spent... on his affiliate link. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm in love with it. Anyway, I look at how profitable that job was. But at the end of financial year, going back to what Mike said, I so I have different categories. One is billable work and one is non-billable work. So all the admin stuff, all the stuff you can't charge clients for. And so then I'm able to look at the end of the financial year, well, how much of my time was profitable? 
and how was how much was not when I first started tracking my time my non-profitable time was ginormous like absolutely ginormous and what it did for me was it gave me this kick up the bum that I need to start spending more time on profitable work and less time on fluffing around on project management and you know that kind of stuff in work hours Yeah. Yeah, because I wasn't spending time on stuff that actually makes money. And then I was able to work out, okay, well, after I've worked out all the hours I've spent on work and I've worked out how much money I took into my personal bank account, how much is my hourly rate? And even that has been a really helpful measure for me of working out, well, am I working too long and not earning enough money? How can I change that? Where are the issues in that? And that's been the biggest change for me over the last five years. I've been tracking my time for five years, I reckon. And it's been a very, very helpful process. So I highly I, recommend I it. Wanna, it doesn't have to be timing. but I, I want to piggyback on that. I started about a year ago when uh, you talked about this on an episode of Divi Chat where I think it was just you and Stephanie did a, a, an episode on uh, Setapp. <laughs> and I started using timing and the biggest change for me was all of that, that, that you said w- was big, but was, I was blown away by, so we, we provide 60 minutes uh, a month of, on our maintenance and hosting for content updates. And I would get an, an update and I'd go do it. And I, I would do another one. And I thought each month I was maybe spending 15, maybe 20 minutes on a, on a client's website. There were several clients. I was going over that hour regularly, but it was just happening in these short little chunks oh, yeah. that I didn't realize it. And so our billables went up because I was able to start saying like, hey, great. You know, we'd get, hey, we've already done 50 minutes of updates. This is going to take 20 minutes. Do you want to wait till next month? Or, you know, we can start start billing. And a lot of them just said, yeah, start billing me for it. So that's been the big nice. thing for me with timing. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Good. I would say whether you use timing or the old-fashioned spreadsheet, you know, whatever it is, just stick with it and yes. make a habit because you have to form that habit. And if you're constantly trying to find something new, shiny object syndrome, it's just a huge waste of time. So take yeah. Sarah and Eric's I will say advice, with timing, timing. You have to be. You have to check it daily. Like you do have to spend that two minutes at the end of the day. Literally two minutes. That's it. Have you, you do have, have you used timing? To verify that it is in fact too much. <laughs> I think it tracks your amount of time in timing. Um, and I have that set to like project management or something. But yeah, if you, you do have to be committed, like Tim said, like you can't just kind of come and go from it because it's not, it doesn't know everything. And if you start on a new website, it doesn't know that you started right. on a new website. So a couple, you do have um, to be in control of it. A few of the folks in the chat are talking about this too. Brenda says, I agree with Eric. It's those sneaky few minutes all the time that fill yeah. up your day. And I have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've experienced the same thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I don't mean to laugh at you. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> uh, over nothing. Yeah. I think I just choked on my own spit for no reason. <laughs> okay. That's super embarrassing. No, anyway, you're good. So somebody else talk now because I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, just I want to go back to the. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I want to go back to the um, spreadsheet thing. So 
Um, Kyle shared this really like fancy one and you definitely could use a really, really fancy one. But in the last year I've, I created one in Google sheets. It's really, really simple. All I have is like, so I've got kind of the main things that come in a five page website. So I've got design and then usually that would be one, um, one portion of design, for example, initial five pages, one portion of that extra pages. Then I write how many extra pages and each of those has then an amount that goes with it. Is there a blog set up? How many blogs do I need to restyle? Um, am I connecting to an email list? Extra functionality, which is kind of on a project-to-project -project basis where I'm kind of like, well, is it setting up WooCommerce? I don't have like a separate one for like all the different things, but I'm just like, well, how much extra complexity is coming? One or two or three of those. Um, and then at the end of all of that, it will add 10% contingency. So it'll add all of that up, then add 10% on top of that. And then it has to add another 10% for GST, which is Australian tax. And so it will give me, and it's just, again, it's that gut check thing. I don't 100% go with everything that it says, um, but it's really helpful for me to kind of go, okay, I'm in the ballpark. Let's kind of round that up a little bit or down a little bit, or this client seems like they're going to be really tricky. Let's just kind of bump that. Or this client seems super easy. Like we could probably lower that a tiny bit. Um, and so I've just built it and I've modified it kind of over the time just to kind of work it out as I go and learn and then look at my timing and go, how far off was I? Like, did I do okay? And then I'm modifying my calculator constantly and just kind of continually changing it. And I think that's a really good way to go. And it's definitely made me charge more and people are still saying yes. So I think that's another thing where it's kind of like, you might see the number and go, whoa, like maybe I was thinking in my mind 5,000 and then the calculator comes out at like 8,000 and I'm thinking, crap, like they're not going to pay 8,000 for this website. Like, oh my gosh, like how can I justify this? And then when I look at the breakdown of why it came to that amount, I go, well, oh, I guess it's, that kind of is the right amount. And then you put it to the client and they say, yes, you suddenly realize it's really helpful to have something that's not just your gut deciding on a price. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Just going you slightly can, sideways. You feel a little bit stronger about your selling too. Sorry, Mike. You, like just when That's you okay. go into a meeting, if you know that you're not yeah. just inflating a number, you know that you can't come down on that and you can be confident when, if they give you grief about the price or are hesitant or whatever, you, you're not even tempted to come down because you know that it won't be worth it for you. Well, you yeah. can say, well, like, that's fine, but we can drop this part of the functionality because this portion was going to be an additional 1500 So if you want to bring the price down, that's totally fine. Um, well, I don't usually give them the whole breakdown. I just give them the final figure. But then if they start to say, look, that's more than I was anticipating, then I have the granular information to be able to go, well, that's fine. We can just design one of the pages that's instead so of 10 of the yeah. pages. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, that's the thing. You've got this, you've got this, uh, backup if you like from what you've what you've done so it's yeah. not like just trying to pluck a, a number from thin air you're actually saying well I know how long it's going to take me to create potentially create this home page with 25 different sections in it with the slider or non-slider or whatever that's that's going to be having it with blurbs yeah. and, and all kinds of things or that bit that integration that you want with Twitter or Instagram or that blog that blog page template the the actual blog archive all those bits and pieces that all come together the google map that they uh, might want to have on their website the the complex contact form that they've suddenly told you about where they you know they're looking to um, 
actually have something that does um, condition have conditional logic in it, where you've got pricing from from, from their customers, where their customers are actually going to have a price spit out to them when they're uh, creating that. Those those contact forms can take hours to do themselves. So it's great to have that base where you know that if it's just name, email address, phone number, a message, that, that that's one thing. But if you if you find out that there's a contact, because you can say, I'll do a contact form, you've got to be very specific. You'll have a basic contact form unless you ask for something different. Well, and yeah. then what about <clears throat> what about the factor of the client it's themselves? What if you are dealing with a client where you've got a committee of people that you've got to deal with? That that should oh, act yes. in a factor onto. Yeah. I mean, it it does. It's not necessarily a red flag. It could be a red flag. We've talked about those before, mm. but it also could just mean it's gonna take more communication time and it's gonna take more revision rounds and things like that. And as long as you like, what makes some of those situations frustrating is because we haven't budgeted and and billed for it. You know, like if if yeah. we're getting paid to go through twenty seven rounds of revisions, who cares? As long as you're b bidding those things out correctly. So the profitability, yeah. as we can see comes back to so many different levels and not just before the project, but also after you complete other projects so that you go back and say, did that work? <laughs> you know, yeah. if you, you can make a chart yeah. all day long that says it's going to take me this many hours to make a contact form or this many hours to do a WooCommerce store. But if you never go back and double check to see that that's actually how many hours it takes, then what's well, the, it doesn't matter. You might as well just pull a number out of the air. Yeah. And what I'm curious about is, yeah, refining your your calculator, you know, whatever it is after each project. But also, uh, Sarah kind of hinted at, has anyone ever taken that, you know, calculator or itemized list, you know, maybe not a calculator specifically, but an itemized list of, you know, kind of your time calculations and shown that to a client when they've been kind of, you know, hesitant on price to show them something you know, that's a objective, you know, here's what I'm doing. It, it's not just some arbitrary price that I pulled out of thin air. I'm curious. I've never done that, but has anyone done that? I don't to like... show them like anything physical, but I've definitely said to clients before, look, when I set up WooCommerce, it typically takes me 10 hours because we have to set up the whatever, 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 like the payment gateway. We have to make sure that this is working, this is working. And so at our hourly rate, this is what that comes to. Um, occasionally the, there are extra elements. It depends how many products, blah, blah, blah. So I don't necessarily show them something physical, but I definitely have drawn on the amount of hours that it takes me to do something to be able to say, this is the reason that the price is like this, because I'm expecting this job is going to take me 40 hours. And based on my history, that's how long it's going to take. And so that's how much we're charging based on the fact that I think this job and sometimes for them, just hearing 40 hours is helpful to be able to go, oh, okay, I, I thought it was just like a day job. Like I didn't realize building a five-page website was going to take so much time. Um, okay, you know. So, I, just yeah. had, I, just, I just did just, this with a client before they even asked a question because uh, this client had, is wanting to do better with their SEO, but they don't have page titles or descriptions or alt tags on their images or anything like that. So I said, that's where we got to start. And okay, so they've got, you know, not not too crazy of a site, but what? How much do you charge? How much do you charge for that? So I, you know, I said like, well, we'll do your your alt tags on your images, and you know, you've got. So I wanted to charge them a couple thousand dollars to do this, and I thought they're going <laughs> to 
freak out because they don't even understand what, what it yeah. is that I'm talking about. So if you, I just put in the line item, just really simply, it was like, you've got 235 images. It's going to take me approximately, you know, five minutes to do each one of these that equals $1,300. You know, like when you see yeah. it like that, you're like, oh geez, even if it, I did one, it was like to add the title in for all of their, however many pages they had, it was like, I put two minutes because they were going to provide it and I was going to put it in and it was like $900 or something like, you know, so it's like the number, yeah. the price on its own seems seemed high. But when you look at it, even just with short little bits of time, and that's something that we've talked about a lot when it comes to e-commerce, because that's where it can get yeah. you the most. Cause you think like, Oh, it's so easy. We'll just add a couple products. And then you realize like, it takes 10 hours just to install. And it's good for you to know for yourself, like even aside from justifying to the client, for you to know for yourself, oh, holy cow, that is going to take me two minutes for every time I open the edit page and then copy and paste it in and then I click save, that is going to take two minutes. So yep. like I can't go around the fact that it's going to take me two minutes but I totally was only going to charge $200 for the whole thing. Vicky's asking a good question. Based on what we're saying, why are we justifying time spent when it takes us years to learn and perfect yeah. our craft? Yeah, well, it's like yeah. saying you're you're charging for the years, not the minutes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where it doesn't matter if it took me five minutes, it took me five years to be able to do that in five minutes, type of thing. But also um, my but, hourly but rate that's why you my years. Exactly. Like my that's why you have an hourly rate be, of whatever it may be. Yeah. It used to be 50 bucks and now it's 115 bucks. Like it's changed over the years. So like I get the whole, you know, you shouldn't charge for your actual time and it should be about the value. And I do agree to a degree, like there are jobs where this client is getting far more value. And that's why the calculator is just a way of me getting an eyeball for the average client. And then I'm going to work out, well, this is, they're not going to get the value and I can do it quicker. Let's down it. This is a massive client. They only have to sell one of their products and they will have paid it off. I'm going to increase this because their value is much higher. So I'm not saying you never like go off that, but I do think there is a level of saying, well, my hourly rate is this because I'm very fast at what I do and I'm very skilled at what I do. And that's why my hourly rate is this. And this is going to take me three hours to perform this job. I, I, do, I don't think it's all bad to, do, to go from that approach. I think sometimes people... Yeah. Talk and as I if think that's a really bad thing, but I don't think yeah. it is. Yeah. I think that also on the back of that, you, your profit isn't always something that is, 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 it's a tangible thing. But when you're with, with new customers, with potential new clients, it might be a slow burner. It might be something that you, you build over a, a, a period of time. Let's just say that you, um, get talking to somebody and they're showing a bit of hesitancy and they're a little bit unsure and they need perhaps they've had a bad experience I mean how many of us have worked with customers that have had a bad experience with other designers where they've said I've already spent x amount of thousands of pounds on this website already I'm at my wits end I don't want to go through this again so you're already thinking oh I don't know if this is going to go very well so you say to them okay Let's let's have a look at your website. Let's explain a few things to you. Let's you give something away. You give something away. You say to them, okay, um, this is how uh, this is some of the things that we do and some of the ways in which we examine your website in order to be able to give you the performance optimization that you need in order to improve it. Um, but you can do this yourself. If you've got to this point, you can do this yourself. So I'm going to give you a free hour. 
And then you can try and build uh, your relationship with the client and say, okay, I gave you this free hour. There's another 190 things that I can do to improve this website for you. But, you know, the next time we get together, um, it will be paid. This is my hourly rate for that. And we can talk about what that will look like. So if you're trying to build relationships, if you're trying to build your business, it's another way in and that's still profit. There is profit there. And it, there's a lot of people, you know, like there's there's a little bit of chatter going on, like sell, don't sell your time, sell what you know and things like that. And and there is something, but what Mike is saying is is also a way. And I could there's people that I can hear an argument on the opposite side of that too. Like you don't give stuff away for free. There's a lot of people feel very strongly about that. I sort of lean toward the way Mike does personally. And again, it's just how you decide to run your business, guys. Like it's up to you. Yeah. But yeah. I tend to do a little, uh, give a little to get to build the relationship and stuff too. But that's that's also my personality coming into play and and just how I, the culture that I want my business to have, you know, is is a bit of that. And some of these things like talking about hours and stuff. I don't use hours to justify my prices. I know that little example kind of was, but in the for the most part, I it was more of a sales technique. Like it was more just showing like I was just heading off at the pass an argue like a an objection because I knew this client and I knew what they would say. So if you could just head it off at the past by saying like it's really going to take a long time to do this thing that seems simple to you. That's all I was doing with that. I don't I don't think we need to justify every moment, but again what we're talking about in this episode particularly is profitability. And you you kind of have to think about your time in these chunks of hours if you are going to figure out if you're being profitable that's not the only metric it's not the only thing that matters but it is a factor in if you're making enough money i think i think it definitely is starting out and i think there are phases that we all have to go through um and and it's okay at any point in time to go this is where i am and i and i like this i'm gonna stay here like this is is working for me um you know i like the the calculator idea for two reasons one it's kind of that you know, it's setting a minimum. Like I can't go below this because I'll lose money. But what it also does is it starts to help you build a system that one day you can pass off to somebody else to start doing sales and start pricing. So now you have a way to start educating somebody to hand that off to. Because for me, I've decided I don't want to build a job. I want to build a business. But I have colleagues and friends. They want to build a job like that. That's what they want. They never want to sell it. This is just what they want to do. And that's great. You just, you just have to decide for you. Um, but for me, I reached a point where and it so to Mike McCallowitz, we should really have him on sometime. Um, <laughs> one of his one of his most recent books, Fix This Next. Uh -huh. Oh, my gosh. Such a such a good book. I'm constantly every morning I'm looking at my, you know, fix oh. this next uh, pyramid. I know. But even yeah. in it, even in it, he says, OK, profit for the fixing your business, for working on your business. Don't start with profit. You have to start with sales. If you're not making sales, who cares how much profit you're you're budgeting in? You're, you're not going to make any anyways. You got to establish a sales rhythm and get sales coming in, and then you can work on profit. So starting out with a calculator, it helps you not lose money, um, but you know it's it comes into play. And then the other thing is, like I don't, I, I had one client, same with you, Stephanie. The only reason I showed them an hour is because they had four hundred uh, portfolio projects, 
And there was no way to automate anything out of this antiquated system they were using. We were going to have to migrate them hand and, and then really be careful with all the SEO. It was going to be a ton of work. And I, so I just showed them, Hey, this is what it's going to look like. You can hire us to do it. It's going to cost you literally $12,000 or you can do it. And they were like, we'll have you do it. Okay. Because once they saw the time involved, they didn't, they didn't want to do it. Um, And then the sales process is showing, you, you have to show your value. One of the tools that has worked for me to close a lot of deals um, and I don't even really need to use it anymore, but I use it just for this and it does cost money, but it's the price of acquisition for me to get, you know, to turn a, 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 a lead in, or a prospect into a client is Ahrefs. I can't oh. tell you how many times I've shared my screen, did a site explore, click through a couple of the report, show them, oh, and here's your organic keyword list. You're, you've got five, you know, and here's, oh, here's your competitor. They've got 50. Those 50, they're getting 500, you know, views a month. They're getting this and they see those. And then I say, so we can build your website, focus on, you know, get your schema markup. We can do these things. And by the end of it, they're like, yeah, let's, that's what I want right there. They don't care about number of pages, contact forms. A business owner wants to know, how is this going to make me money for my yeah. business? And so we show them that. And then I would say the next big growth thing of it is we now never present just a website. We produce what we call a playbook. And that playbook show we evaluate their current website. We have a scoring system. Then we score their Google My Business. We score several different things because we show them a website. I can build you a great website. But if you have terrible reviews, that website ain't getting you any more business. I can build you a great website. And and if you pay for Facebook ads or do other marketing, if you don't have great reviews, you ain't getting uh, any new business. And once I show them that, we're now able to sell websites and review lead. And then we can walk them up to pay-per-click. And then we can walk them up to uh, Facebook ads. So, But I didn't start there. It took me a long time to get to, to this stage of stuff. But, Speaking um, of where we that started. Is brilliant. Speaking yeah. of where we started, I thought this would be kind of fun. Sarah said it earlier, and this is what I wanted to say, but like... Uh, everybody put in the chat if you're listening live or if you're if you're uh, on your podcast app or whatever. And let's go. How how much was the first website that you sold? How much you sell the first? It has to be the for? one you pay, like. You got paid for though. Yeah, like we all did free ones while we were learning. Right. So that one I have count. a free. I have count. a little show. I have two show and tell things. This is going to be backwards, isn't it? Is that backwards? Yeah. Oh, yeah, is. <laughs> this is my I'm, my my business card from my first little freelance business called 510, because that's how tall I am. And uh, and Love it her. says, quick start package. You get a one-page website, email set up through Gmail, six months of hosting, Facebook page and Twitter page set up, 350 bucks. <laughs> Take my money now. <laughs> this was, But this was my foot in the door offer. Like I yeah. knew it was cheap and it was my foot in the you door offer. You gotta start somewhere, right? And like, to show you how old that. this is, you can't see that either, but the orange text up on there, it says get online, which was my tagline. 
get online, meaning like get a website online, but also because this was so long ago that it was dial up internet and you would actually get online. <laughs> like everybody had to, like you weren't just online already. Like you didn't just open your computer. You had to go get online. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Stephanie, That's my story. Yes, sir. Stephanie, you always ask me where my son was. And he is in the chat this evening. What? And this was his response. <laughs> a tenor? <laughs> no, a tenor? it was much more. No, it was much more than that. Mine was 300 pounds. <laughs> Sam is in the house, you guys. This He's the in there. I, no one's ever seen Mike and his son in the same room together. So there's like a question of identity that is a mystery. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> funny. Really let me, let me I'm not just, sure he exists. I, he I need to comment on what Eric said. If everyone's mind isn't blowing like that's how you win projects right there if you're trying to figure out how to beat out your competitors do exactly what eric said because that yeah. is like the best advice you can you take right there i love why that. don't you recap it tim uh yeah so essentially what eric said no i'm not going to repeat it but basically <laughs> no, no, re <laughs> recap it so that like in case people weren't you know if they were fighting yeah, in the I mean, chat if, over if, if you missed it go back and watch the replay but essentially what eric is saying is showing how you win clients is showing them how you're going to increase their business uh -huh. by, and you do that with using tools like Ahrefs. You build them uh, not just a website, but the Google My Business and all these different things, a playbook on how you're going to bring them more business because business owners don't care about a pretty about page and a cool contact form. They might, but um, ultimately what they care about is getting more leads, more yeah. phone calls, more sales, whatever. Yeah. And so that's the bottom line. The, the, the whole thing about the, the, the word we use throughout the whole playbook is customer activity. We can create more customer. I can't actually help you sell anything. If you suck at selling, you suck at selling. Um, but I can increase customer activity. I, I can get you more phone calls. I can get you more contact forms. From there, that's kind of up to you. Um, so I don't <laughs> promise sales. I promise. Right. I promise you activity. Be real careful with that. That one. So you don't you really tell do. them they're going to be on page one of Google, then Eric. <laughs> nope. I mean, no, nope. I mean that's the nope. that's the line. <laughs> Yeah. And most of the time they don't even need to be anyway. We won't get on that. Yeah. That's a different thing. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it is it's really changed. Overwhelming. There, you can start smaller than that. So like if you don't feel like you can kind of make those sort of promises, like your skill level isn't quite there or, you know, you're just getting started and you're not ready for a whole big playbook. What you can sell in meetings is knowledge. Like the biggest thing that I give away and the biggest reason that I land clients is because I give away knowledge when I meet with them. So as much as I can, do like you do your research, you have a look at their website, you kind of have a think about what might be their stumbling blocks. If you don't have Ahrefs or whatever, you can still look at a few things online to try and work out, okay, well, where do they come when you Google their name, for example? Like just get some really basic data. But then being able to just give them your knowledge as you're talking to them and saying, I don't mind if you don't hire me, but these are some recommendations that I've got for you. Like, I reckon that if you got rid of that slider, that's going to make your website run faster. Um, mm -hmm. I reckon that, you know, if you unified your colors or unified your fonts or um, even just like little things like that, if you don't have the skill in the SEO stuff, like upskill yourself for starters, like that's something you can definitely spend some time on. If you but made that really logo giving... bigger, this site would be, yeah. it would pop. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. But I think giving away knowledge, what it does is, yes, they could take that and go do it themselves. And so then they DIY and they don't give you anything out of it. But if they're that kind of person, they probably were going to do that anyway. 
So if you give away your knowledge, what you're giving to them is you're saying, you can trust me. Like I know what I'm doing. I'm going to present a price to you. It's going to come to you this week in the email. And when you get that price, you're going to understand that I know what I'm talking about and that I, that you can trust trust. Yeah. And so I think, you know, giving away as much knowledge as you can in that one hour or 30 minutes or whatever time you spend with them, whether that's that you've done a whole big like strategic thing, Eric's going to be able to charge way more for a website because he presents all of that stuff. He could probably Mm -hmm. triple his price because he presents this grand amount of data. If you're not ready for that, that's okay. But present what you can and then you can charge more than what you're charging yesterday because you're giving away Um, yeah, I, so I, it's, I it's could not, I could not have charged, you know, two years ago, a year ago, what I'm charging now for websites. Um, yeah. and, and, and I didn't even have the ancillary services. And so, you know, it, like it, it just, like you said, it, it, you, and I think we all have to go through these stages and that's okay. Um, that's just part of the learning curve and, you know, you gotta, you gotta pay your dues. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just part of it. I, oh, the other thing I was thinking about, I wanted to say, when I do have to email a, a quote or proposal or prices, I always send a video yes. explaining it. Every, I just never email them a price because with that, that doesn't give them enough context. So mm-hmm. our our proposals always have a video at the top, and then I just I scroll down through the proposal and I read it and show them how to use it. Um, and yeah, that helps a lot. The other fun thing about sharing knowledge, nice one. Uh, like Sarah's saying, is that um, sometimes, like you said, they're, if they're a DIYer, they're just going to do it anyway. They're not your, yeah. they're not your people. That's fine. Uh, but if <laughs> sometimes you can just like, I'll just go rapid fire super quick and do like the fire hose filling <laughs> teacup thing. And it just like, I'm literally giving them actual good advice. But if you do it in such a way like it kind of overwhelms them to the point where they're like, okay, I get it, but I can't do that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, they, boy, she's got a ton of ideas and this seems like a lot of stuff and I don't have time to do all, you know what I mean? So there's like, there's all these little subtle tricks that you can do where other people like, that's why I love this, you guys in this gang, because we can talk about stuff like this. We can say like, yeah, let's give some stuff away for free. And then it makes people like, whereas every other like Facebook group or wherever you go, if you say this, they're like, you should never give anything. <laughs> it's like, that's your intellectual. <laughs> yeah, you get shamed. Yeah. though. The amount of times I've won a job because I gave away knowledge. Like I would yep. say, yep. I would say yep. that's why I have such a high rate of return after yep. I meet yep. with someone is because of the amount of knowledge that I'm willing to give someone. And the amount of times that people walk away and then they come back six months later as well yep. because they go, yeah, I'm going to go try some of that stuff. They go try it and then they get stuck and then they come back to you in six months. Like I, I can't, it is my biggest selling tool ever is giving yeah, yeah. away knowledge. It's it learning is trust. So, cause yeah. people, if, if they can see that you're knowledgeable, they they're going to trust you and they're just going to like you more because you're, people you buy from. yeah, they buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it's knowing when to just draw that line because you can get a little bit carried away sometimes by, yes. you know, if you, you say to yourself, this is how much time I will give and yeah. then and explain that I to won't them. Just say to Mark, we'll give you. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's my firm it's, line. I will yeah. do a Zoom meeting or meet in person with you. I will spend half an hour or an hour with you. I will give yeah. you as much knowledge as I can, but I'm not going to go make changes in your website during that no. time. Like right. that's it's, where it's, I draw the line, my firm line. Occasionally I'll say, why don't you just let me have a look in the back end of your website? 
um, so that I can assess whether I'm a good fit for you. And in that case, usually I'll do a Zoom for them. Where, oh, sorry, Loom for them, where I'll record myself just going, look, you've got a ton of plugins here. This is really outdated. You don't have WordFans. I'd highly recommend you. And I'll just like, you know, I will sometimes do that for free for people, but that is my line. I will not take any action on a website for free. And so then you see personally. WP Bakery and you go, thanks very much. All the best. <laughs> Goodbye. Sorry, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, can you believe how fast this hour's flown by? We've talked about so many things like profitability has been woven into it all, but there's so much yeah. to all this. We've actually been talking about doing a bit of a series on this and sort of related topics, uh, sales and proposals and things like that to help us um, all get the most, um, the most for our projects, to make money and to do good work. So we're going to continue down this road over the next few weeks off and on, interspersed with some other things. Um, I wanted to take a minute really quickly here before we wrap up to say thanks everybody who came on live. We got a great crowd tonight um, in the chat. Everybody's been super active and sharing all kinds of things. And um, if you could hit that like button and subscribe so that you get the notifications and you don't miss out on future lives. I also wanted to read a review. Uh, our pal Steve Perks, we put a comment from him up in the um, on the screen tonight, he says, a wealth of gold dust knowledge and wisdom. I'm returning to web design after tw a 20-year break and quickly realized the place I need to be is WordPress and Divi. So I've been beavering away. Ho you're not, okay, so we know he's not American. Okay, he's in the UK. I'm like, because they don't say that in the United States. We don't beaver away <laughs> at things here. Honing new skills. Binge listening all the way back to episode one has converted me from a spotty teenager to a wise old man in a few months. Did this guy go to the Mike Devitt School of Review, right? I don't... The collective knowledge <laughs> and experience of the presenters has armed me with priceless knowledge and wisdom. Just about every topic has been covered in a friendly conversational style. I highly recommend subscribing if you are thirsty for WP Divi knowledge. Steve Perks, Boom. Scotland. It's a Scotland Ooh, guy. Cool. Thank you, Steve. Well, that thank was you. so nice, Steve. Thanks. We appreciate you. If, if any of you out there would like to leave us a glowing review that we can uh, read out on the air, please go to ratethispodcast.com slash Divi chat. And um, we are really almost out of time. Does anybody have like a final thought they'd, they'd particularly yes. want to share? Tim. I do. Go. Uh, the secret to profitability is outsourcing and building a team. Because and that's how agencies are able to grow and scale. Because well, when you have people should working, have been mentioned earlier in the hour. I know. <laughs> I, I realized that I, I kept trying to find its way back to it, but I know um, we need a continuation if, of this one. If you can bill your client for your company rate and then have someone else do it for a cheaper amount, that is how you increase profits. And because um, essentially, you are your employees highest paid or you are your company's highest paid employee and so um you need to basically remove yourself from the equation but still have that hourly rate uh so yeah maybe sometime we can do a, a topic on that because i think there's lots to consider for part of that which is who do you get to do it like kind of the rates that you're going to be willing to pay them what comes with that that you don't think about like what do you then have to do to actually make sure that they perform at a level that you're happy with 
like onboarding people, teaching yeah. them your ways. Like there's a whole realm of things. It's much that easier comes said than actually that. done. That is, is true. Yeah. <laughs> so I started yeah. a whole business. Secret, but it's not, it's not an yeah. easy thing. That's true. I yeah. love this topic. It's actually the topic for my talk on the summit in a couple hours. I'll, it's I, it's just an overview. It's a surfacey <laughs> kind of look at it. It's just basically the talk is it's called uh, boosting happiness and revenue. Do we love outsource Steph. the rest? Yeah, I thanks, set Tim. you up. Everyone, you that's it. go watch love Stephanie's that talk. Right up. Um, but like I don't, Mike, do you have a? Are you waving? I do. Maybe? I just wanted to go back slightly in the chat just to just just to pick up on a a question that David asked. Uh huh. And and I thought this was quite a cool cool question. And uh, it's you like, what, it? what do you, oh, okay. what do you do when you need to work on stuff you're learning as you do? I, a plugin you haven't used before, say one hour job, but you spend two to three hours on to support watching YouTube. So I think David, in in his, in essence, here is asking, you know, you're spending perhaps a lot of time on something, but like you're feeling, well, hold on a minute, I'm doing research here, so should I be charging the client for research time? Mm -hmm. No, no, no. Not unless it's something super unusual and then I think then you need to like build that in and kind of say, look, this is something and, and I would be upfront with it. This is something that I haven't done before and it's going to take me a little bit longer because this is not someone something anyone specializes in, therefore blah, blah, blah. But I think if you have to learn, if you have to upskill to be able to do your job, that's not on the client, that's on you and you, you need to kind of build that in as a way of, knowing, well, I can use this next time and then I know how to do it and moving forward. Right. Now I'm like the first time I did a WooCommerce website, I would have spent hours and hours and hours watching videos of how to actually mm -hmm. set up a WooCommerce website. The next time I did it, it was way faster. And the time after that was way faster again. I don't think that's on the client that I didn't have that knowledge. Um, so I think There's one if way you I need to learn some stuff, you need to learn yeah. some stuff. And you could think yeah. about it like when you're doing this project, your client's paying you. So that's one source of revenue that you're getting. But if you're investing your time to learn something, that's also a revenue that you're getting, right? That Because you're yeah, gaining knowledge and you're gaining skills. So again, if like Sarah said, if it is something that you can use again, then that's a good investment. If this is not something you can use again and you can't charge it to the client, you just, then this isn't the right project for you. That's where yeah, you would want to You just say, look, I'm not, I'm not a good fit. Or outsource it. Or outsource. Or outsource. If it's one part of the job and it's a and it's yes. and it's a random plugin you're not going to ever use again, you'd be. You, that's where knowing your hourly rate. Like if your hourly rate is you know fifty dollars an hour, and you can find somebody that's going to do it for seventy five dollars, but it's going to take you three hours of learning and an hour to do it. Do you want to spend two hundred dollars or do you want to spend seventy five dollars? I'll spend seventy five dollars all day long. Um, yeah, and so that that's why having that kind of figured out that is, is important to know. I like that. Oh, David had a really good quote as well um, in the chat. A mechanic can explain to me all day long how to fix a car, but I'll never do it myself. So that was oh, good. Yeah. I and hope a mechanic uh, doesn't try and explain that to me all day long. <laughs> 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 is, she was is, there they last rarely week. do. <laughs> they rarely actually give you any clear answers. I know. Just... That's it. And uh, Vicky's just put in, in the chat as well. If your client asks you specifically to learn something that's specifically for their business, I feel you can negotiate. Yeah, oh, Again, for sure. You know, yeah. there's not, there's no hard and fast rule here. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a little bit down to the just sort of comfort factor. Uh, and I, and I think David's talking specifically about perhaps that 
you know, he's got somebody yeah. that's asking him to do something. He's feeling a little bit guilty because he's spending quite a lot of time researching and thinking, well, actually, this is going to cost you all this money for me to do this. So I think there's probably a midway point in this. Or you reckon you're going to lose money doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon the yeah. line before you take on a job like that is if someone says, hey, can you do this thing for me? And you think, crap, I don't know how to do that thing. Then you kind of ask yourself the question, is this something if I learn it, I'll be able to use it on other clients? Then you just say yes and you go with it and you learn the thing and then you charge for the time to do and the thing. Great. Move on. If you yeah. answer the question, no, I probably am never going to use this ever again with another client, then I would tend to go back to the client and say, look, I don't actually know how to do that. I'm happy to upskill. Um, if you want to pay me to upskill, it's going to take me a little bit longer or like maybe I won't say I need to upskill, but I will say like, you know, someone else might take an hour, but I'm probably going to take two to three hours to do this because it's not something that I'm super familiar with. If you want me to do that, I'm more than happy to. But if not, I might not be the right fit for you. That then gives them the opportunity. They knew going into it, it was going to take you three hours Whereas they could go find someone else, they may still choose to use you. And at least you've been up front at that point. And if they want to pay you to learn the thing, great. They pay you to learn the thing. But if not, you're not feeling pissed off that you spent three hours learning the thing and you could only charge one hour. Yeah. Yeah. And, or then you just have to decide too, like, is this even a project you want? Like we're, I'm really trying to get to the point where we're not taking on what we call snowflake um, projects. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you know, like when, when we do Google My Business Management, we do two posts a month. And if somebody's like, oh, can you do four? No, we do two posts a month. Because I need every, every client we do two a month. Because oh, if I, yeah, because if I agree to do four for you and six for them, that's so much more complicated to figure out pricing and communicate that to the team that's doing it. Like oh, you only need two a month. So that's all, that's all so I'm doing. Good do that, Eric. It's so difficult. That's so hard for me to do. It is. I couldn't have done that starting. I couldn't have done that a year and a half, two years ago. Cause I, I needed the, I needed the income. And so I was willing to do snowflakes. And if I was staying solopreneur, I probably would. Cause I like, I like that stuff. If, if it's the it's same thing, all the time I get bored. Yeah. But I'm trying to do something different. I'm, I'm trying to do, I'm trying to scale an agency, not a solopreneur. So you just have to decide again, it comes back to what do you want your thing to look like? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, what do you think about this topic? Do you want us to keep talking about it? Do you want us to veer off into a specific direction? Give us some feedback. Uh, leave a comment on the Facebook page or on the chat, wherever you're at. Why are you laughing, Tim? Because it, I know what you meant, like in future episodes, but it made it sound like we were going to do it right live, which, which kind of gave me an idea for a choose your own adventure episode <laughs> where we, we have like kind of a, maybe a starting point and then we have, and whoever's uh, there can the guide us. Yeah. That they can so guide fun. us. Let's do that. Exactly. <laughs> so if you like us to continue down this rabbit hole, then, you know, put a one in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I love, love those it. books. Guys, we're so late today. And you know what? I, I still got one more thing to share. I've been dying to share this. <laughs> I've been dying to share this since the beginning. Of, well, it took me a minute to find it, but I'm going to put it up on the screen for those of you that are watching on the YouTube channel. Boom! Oh, oh Mr. Oh. Mike McCallowitz! Yes! So upset. I was like, who's this that guy? I don't know who that is. This is such a horrible photo is of that me. Is Hugh Jackson? But I, still I need to, it is Hugh Jackson. No. I need to Photoshop this face of mine it's so bad but the lighting was bad on him too anyway i just want to say i met mike mccallowitz and i fangirl awesome. so hard this is terrible I i'll invite him does anybody want to do, do we want to invite him let's invite him to an episode <laughs>
should I reach out and send that photo and be like, hey, remember me? No. <laughs> hey, Mike. No. Maybe not that picture. I called him Michael Motorcycle when I met oh, him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Motorbike Mike. <laughs> All right, you guys. This was fun. Thanks, everybody, for being here and hanging out long with us. We will talk to you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.